By the time you're done listening to this book, you are going to feel more empowered and have more confidence when you break it to your bookkeeper or your tax strategist or your CPA and maybe even your business partner that you are going to stop allowing your law firm's fullest potential to be held hostage by conventional wisdom and begin making the profitability of your law firm into one of your top priorities. While Arjun was away, Team Arjun came to play. All the cats out of the bag now, folks, but we're still here bringing you our favorite and most importantly, actionable insights to Arjun's newest book, Profit First for Lawyers. We're going to help you accelerate your law firm's growth so that you can experience more profit in every aspect of your life. We're also going to be providing some behind-the-scenes footage of what it's really like to work with our John Robbins. So, put your BS aside for the next few minutes and put yourself, your family, your firm, and your profit first. Welcome back to another episode of the Profit First for Lawyers podcast. I'm your host, Carly, and today, you ask for it, you got it. Join in the studio once again is the effervescent and ever, what term did you use, Raul? Uh, spicy? Raul, welcome back to the studio. Thank you very much for having me. I would like a log of everyone who requested me back because I believe that is grade A Arjun bullshit right there. <laughs> I got a special call after your last episode from Arjun himself, who said that Taye, his son, was listening to our episode last time and he said he wanted more of your voice, Raul. Oh, well, then this episode goes out to Taye, who requested this voice return once again. <laughs> Oh, I am so happy to have you back, Raul. If there are those listening or watching who have absolutely no clue what we're talking about, Raul did an episode on killing your ego. And honestly, it was a fantastic episode. That was the episode where we announced the big surprise to Arjun and told him, hey, guess what? You have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen that one yet, I promise that was super entertaining you won't want to miss it. Okay, Raul, so since that happened, what is different for you on Team Arjun? What are you working on these days? I would say my ego was already pretty dead before that episode. But as everyone on Team Arjun probably experiences, jobs change and tasks change. And our motto, if we were a Game of Thrones house, our house words would be pivot. So just a lot of pivoting, a lot of new projects, exciting things in the works for people who are listening to this podcast. That is about all we will say on that front, but a whole lot of cool things going on behind the scenes. Yes, yes. And I am really excited for the time when we get to announce some of those really cool things coming down the pipeline. But in the meantime, listeners at home or in the car or wherever you are, consider that your vague book post for the day. All right, Raul. So you are officially back. I've been asking a question of the rest of Team Arjun who's been returning. And I really am pretty curious to hear what your answer is to this one. So here we go. What's a bit of profitable advice that you yourself have followed in the last year? So you brought this question up. And of course, my mind is just like, oh, I have to have something extremely profound. I have to have something that people have never heard before, but I couldn't for the life of me pull anything up. And the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, well, the thing I have implemented, thanks to therapy, shout out to Giselle, my lovely therapist, 
is not really an extremely profound or really different piece of advice, but it is something I think we all hear, but we never truly implement, or I don't want to speak in absolutes that we never truly implement, but it's difficult to, which is just the simple lesson of learning when to say no to people and when to establish boundaries and uphold those boundaries, regardless of how uncomfortable it may be to yourself or the person who you're drawing the boundary with to do so. Ooh, that's interesting, Raul. So talk a little bit about that. What does that mean in your life as far as establishing boundaries? How is that different from the way you used to approach life or work, I'm assuming, right? So it was definitely obviously started first with life ever since I was a kid. Definitely somebody who was always willing to help others out. Family members needed assistance. I would be the first person to go, even if I had other things to do or other things I just wanted to do. Maybe not responsibilities, but personal projects, that sort of thing. And then that kind of bled over into work where it gets a little bit more uh nebulous, I guess, because you're working for a paycheck. So you have this drive they're like oh well my boss asked for something or my coworker asked for something i have to go and do this i have to push forward with this initiative or even if it's on the weekend even if it's on this sort of thing even though it's just a question can you do this doesn't necessarily mean you should do this or necessarily that it's the best use of your time for your own profitability not to say that you need to put the profitability of your employer or the business you work for on the back burner. But there are times where it's like, okay, I've given 40 hours this week. I could give more, but I also need to save time for my own projects so I can start developing that as well and kind of adding to my own bank account as much as the bank account of the company, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And you know what's kind of coming up for me as you're talking about this, Raul, because you and I recently had a coworker who was out for a little bit for some health issues. And one of the first things that came up because this particular member of Team Arjun is someone who does not always know how to rest sometimes, right? You created this amazing GIF. Do you want to explain that a little bit? I just thought that was such a cool way of not only enforcing kind of your perception of boundaries, but also making sure that you're holding space for somebody else's boundaries and somebody else's health and somebody else's well-being in spite of, you know, maybe it would have been easier if they had jumped in, but you don't necessarily want them to because you want them to rest. Yeah. And that's actually, I think, something that a loving friend, family member, team member does for someone. It's like, I do the same thing for my wife. You know, if something comes up and she maybe automatically wants to jump into it because she thinks it's what's expected of her, I kind of am the voice of like, hey, maybe take a moment, think about this. Is it the best use of your time? Is it the best way for you to progress in your life path that you wish to progress in? Is it better for you to maybe rest during this time? And yeah, we're going to keep the identity of this person ambiguous. But if anybody out there uh, watches Family Guy, it's I forget exactly what is going on in the scene, but Brian, the family dog, is rolling up a newspaper and hitting the main character, Peter, and just telling him no while hitting him with a rolled up newspaper. And I essentially put the name of this person on Peter 
and team Arjon on Brian, where we're just telling this person no <laughs> when they try to work, even though they should rest, I think is a friendly, polite way to kind of show, hey, you're not pushing on my boundaries, but maybe you're going a little beyond your own and you should think of yourself first and wait till you are 100% before coming back. Oh, man, I loved it so much. The entire team was in absolute stitches. And I believe that every single one of us downloaded that GIF. And then every time we'd get a text or an email from that person, that was our only response. We just said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad it got some use. I have a feeling it will probably be reused at some point in the future. And we'll just keep switching out the names, right? I'm sure. I mean, like I'm saying, this is a lesson that is not extremely unique or primarily profound, but it is definitely something that we, especially in the culture that we are, we're overachievers. We love to do everything we can. I think this is something that often gets lost of learning when to say no or when to save your energy for other things in your life. Oh, I really appreciate that you brought that up too. Because I do think sometimes as high performers, the expectation is that you're going to work until 3 a.m. or that you don't say no to anything, right? Like you just go, 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 go. It's like, it's almost like there's a perception of robots when you're on a team of high performers. And I can tell you that this profitable bit of advice or life change that you've implemented in the last year has really been a value to Team Arjun in general because when you hold your boundaries, it, it kind of gives permission for everybody else to hold their boundaries as well. And I think as a team, it kind of gives everybody an opportunity to like dive in if there's a need for additional collaboration or that can help moving the needle without needing somebody on the team to sacrifice their time or their sleep or mental health or physical health, whatever. You know, like you're saying that it's not a very profound thing and maybe it's fairly common knowledge, but also how many people do you know that actually follow this, you know? Definitely. And it's one of those things, like you said, it's common sense, but Most of the time, we don't have the common sense to follow common sense. (laughs) And I love that you brought up like it giving the rest of the team the kind of, I don't know what you would say, but the grounds to kind of take back that boundary for yourselves. And we not only do it that way in Team R, John, but we also help each other out to where when we could say no say yes so we could help somebody else say no, if that makes sense. Like I know during Profit First for Lawyers, the book launch, I mean, a lot of stuff was getting thrown on your plate and you must have built some intense muscles in your arms from carrying all that weight. But there was times where we could have just sat back and let you work until midnight, 2 a.m., maybe give up some dinner time with your daughter or a movie night or something. But the team coming together is like, well, we could just say no and be assholes and go do our own thing. Or we could say yes, collectively, knock this out in a fraction of the time and then allow ourselves to move forward and actually live the life we want to live, knowing that we helped our team member and also in the back of our head, knowing that that will come around to us if we ever need that as well. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you brought up the book itself because, you know, that was my first big solo project as a member of Team Arjan. And you killed it. Uh, Oh, man, thank you. Oh, 
that makes my whole day. I, but you know what? It did. It, it had kind of a, a mindset shift for me when I realized, you know what? Being the owner of the project doesn't necessarily mean that everything has to get done by me. And this is kind of the benefit of working on a team, I think. And I really absolutely love that. Okay, so we talked a little bit about boundaries in the workplace, and I know that the particular clip that you chose from Arjun in the studio, it does touch on this a little bit. Do you want to introduce this clip? Yeah, so while it doesn't apply directly to someone like you or I, you know, they're talking about CPAs and bookkeepers and whatnot, I think the central theme is knowing when to set boundaries or when to say no. Uh, in this case, R. John is talking about saying no to conventional wisdom in that realm and kind of applying the profit first principles, which are in some ways directly opposed to conventional wisdom. So I think that is kind of setting your own boundary of this is what has been done, but I'm not going to let this dictate the way I live just because it has been done before. If I could go off on a small tangent, it's kind of like a story that Arjun told at this previous live quarterly meeting. For more information on live quarterly meetings, please head over to howtomanageasmalllawfirm.com. It was a story that he had brought up and like on the PowerPoint slide, he had a picture of a space shuttle right next to a picture of two horses. And he was like, what do these have in common? And he essentially had this story of why is the space shuttle the width that it is? It's like, oh, it's the width that it is because of the width of the opening of railroad tunnels because they have to transport the parts and it, it has to fit through railroad tunnels. Well, why is the railroad tunnel that thick because of the width of a train? Width of a train is that way because of the width of the tracks. Width of the tracks is that way because of the distance between two wheels on a carriage and the wheels of a carriage are that distance because it's the width of two horses asses so we're building our space shuttles because of this formula that we've been following that like oh well it has to be this way because it's always been this way when we could be questioning how could we do it now because it's no longer that way so that's kind of what i get there. It's not necessarily directly about saying no or setting boundaries, but it, it's more about questioning how things have been done and if boundaries need to be set or if no has to be said to conventional wisdom in order to grow into something better. Ooh, good tangent, Raul. Okay, well, let's take a look. Let's roll the clip. By the time you're done listening to this book, you are going to feel more empowered and have more confidence when you break it to your bookkeeper or your tax strategist or your CPA and maybe even your business partner that you are going to stop allowing your law firm's fullest potential to be held hostage by conventional wisdom and begin making the profitability of your law firm into one of your top priorities. Now, to be fair, implementing profit first for small law firms isn't as convenient or as familiar for a bookkeeper, a tax strategist, or a CPA as not implementing profit first. So you've got to decide what's more important for you, the comfort and convenience of your professional advisors who you pay money to, or the profitability of your business. Now, keep in mind the profitability of your business benefits your law firm's clients, its staff, your family, and 
a lot of other people who have a lot riding on the profitability of your law firm, not least of whom are the professional advisors who are letting you squander your profits. So what's it going to be? The profitability of your law firm or their comfort? I see where you were going with that one. Okay. Do you want to expound a little bit on this clip and how you think that it kind of connects? So as I had mentioned before, the clip rolled. I don't think you and I can level with it in the sense of bookkeeping, CPAs, that sort of thing. But if you apply those principles to our own lives, like the comfort of others, we don't want to disappoint them by telling them no or going against whatever wisdom they give us. So we just do it to be nice, knowing that that's not what we want to do. And in turn, sacrifice our own peace, our own happiness, our own time to something that we know is not in our best interest. So I think that is what he's talking about in this clip. And I kind of took notes as well, where it's like you said, the comfort of others versus the profit you want in your life. And that could be anything, as Arjan talks about pretty much any time he gets a chance to, that profit isn't just financial. It could be personal. It could be professional. It's whatever value you seek in your own life. And sometimes that could be, in the case of our team member that we did not disclose the name, time to rest and recuperate. It could be time with your family. It could be time spent on your own personal projects. It could be time making art or music or even just developing your own business. And if you apply all this time to something else that you don't believe in or you know you shouldn't be, then all it's doing is really just sapping energy that could have been used elsewhere for much better ends. Oh, man, Raul, and you said it wasn't profound. I try. <laughs> well, I have one other thing because I feel like Arjun brought something up in that clip and, and I'm curious on your opinion of it too because one of the things he said is, is their comfortability more important? I'm paraphrasing, right? Is their comfortability more important than this business that impacts you and your family and the professional advisors who you don't want to be uncomfortable? I'm wondering as an application in your personal life, have you noticed a shift in your personal relationships since starting to put forth your own boundaries and, and starting to kind of stick to your guns? 100%. The remainder of the episode is going to show just how open I am and love talking about therapy. And I will also not use names, but the reason that this came up in my life, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, was through therapy because it was a very personal relationship. It's with one of my family members. They are always around and or they they were always around. Spoiler alert. And I've always been that type of person that I maybe don't spend as much time as I should with family, but I enjoy my time with family. And I like being the peacekeeper and the mediator whenever things go wrong. Over the years, I'm sure like many other people out there, I've had family members pass away more than I care to think about. And with death comes fragmenting of family units and everybody just kind of goes their own way. Certain cornerstones of family are no longer there to hold it together. So I kind of take it upon myself to like, oh, well, if something 
comes up and kind of disturbs the peace, I want to keep that peace because I want to keep everyone together. And this one particular family member, I knew it in my heart that they were volatile, could be very toxic. And, you know, when they were in good spirits, it was awesome. But when they had their bad days, it was devastating. And there were a couple of blowups that resulted in essentially them coming at my wife and negatively, verbally abusive, that sort of thing. And I brought this up in therapy, just saying, I love my wife. I want to keep my family together, but I'm torn because I feel like I have to protect my wife first and foremost. And she had mentioned just a simple exercise. She was like, well, let's take your wife out of this equation for a second. What if you had children? Would you take your children around this person? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. Okay, so what about after these occurrences, would you want your wife around them? And I was like, no. She's like, okay. If you don't want your child or your wife around them, then why do you want to be around them? And it was like, oh, it's because I had this thought that I had this duty to keep everyone together, to maintain the peace and whatnot. But after realizing that, it's like, yeah, why would I keep someone around who is volatile and is toxic just to say that I'm doing it? It's kind of like I'm putting their comfort with having this family unit above my own profit, that being the profit of my peace my family's peace, everyone kind of like being able to hang out without the feeling or the thought of that any time someone's just going to go off. So I started implementing those boundaries and it got difficult because it's like blocking on the phone and then not talking for a while. And then they come out of nowhere. And why did you do this? Like, well, I did this because of the way you were acting and maintaining and then them kind of going on guilt trips or gaslighting or different things like that. And then just further proving like, oh, I made the right decision. And it was hard for me as I'm sure it was hard for them. It's hard for anyone who makes boundaries. But yeah, I mean, this definitely came from a personal place primarily, and then sort of shifted into other aspects of my life, even from who I accept freelance work from or who I decide to hang out with in my free time, just different things like that. Like looking at it as, are these the type of people who I want to be, which actually makes sense with R. John's practical profitable mindset topic this week, which is finding your tribe and the people who make you the best version of you. And it kind of ties in in that way. So yeah, it definitely did start out in a personal place and it has continued being so, but has also made its way into my professional life as well. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open to sharing. I definitely resonate with a lot of what you've said, not necessarily in my own family life, but definitely in kind of that evolution of growing and creating boundaries and setting goals and and realizing, you know, there are some people in my circle that really just don't need to be in my circle. They don't improve my life in any way. And I really love that you tied this into the overall profitability of your life. You know what I mean? Like I can imagine that 
now that you are finding your tribe and figuring out who gets to be in your circle, that the the energy of your circle, right, that low vibration hum is probably a lot more filled with peace and with the things that you actually want in it. And I do think that ties in really well with the clip that you chose today about other people's discomfort. You know, other people's discomfort shouldn't come before the peace and the well-being of yourself and your family and and even the other person. You know what I mean? I, I feel like you brought something up which was to tolerate it just to be nice. And I, I've had this thought in my mind a lot that I've been chewing on, where I've been asking myself, am I doing this to be nice or am I doing this to be kind? Because I think nice and kind are two very different things. And one of the kindest, most thoughtful, most humane things that you can do as a human, I'm learning, especially after, you know, all these clips and spending so much time with Arjun, one of the kindest things that you can do is hold boundaries and have expectations for other people because that's how we encourage them to seek their greatest, um, what's the what's the phrase that Arjun uses all the time, right? Their greatest and fullest potential. And if we expect ourselves to reach our fullest potential, if we expect others to reach their fullest potential, then that's a lot more kind than just keeping the peace for the sake of keeping the peace and kind of keeping ourselves uncomfortable just to be quote-unquote nice. Definitely. And it's holding them to a higher standard and not because it's necessarily our standard, but it's because something that we can see in those people. Like I'm sure we've all had friends who we saw like, oh, you could be this person who's very reliable, very caring, very honest, but for some reason, you just keep falling short, but that doesn't mean we stop believing in them initially. But after a while, it's like this pattern has continued to the point where I can't be here for you anymore. You know, and it sounds harsh to say that, but it's it's harsh to the person you're letting go, but it's caring for yourself. It's kind of like a friend of mine used to be a lifeguard and had mentioned that when someone's drowning, you need to tell them to stop flailing before you can go in and save them. Because if they're flailing and you go in, then there could be two people who drown instead of one. And it's kind of that, like if they approach you still flailing, you're supposed to kick them away and tell them to calm down. And that is a great representation of a boundary. You are a danger to me in this moment. It's not that I don't want to help, but you're a danger to me and I'm not drowning with you. Like I'm pushing you away, but that doesn't mean that I am pushing you away wholly. It just means that some way that you are in this particular moment is not jiving with me. And I'm telling you clearly how we can alleviate this. And if you don't respond, then there's nothing I could do except swim away. Ooh. Oh, that literally gave me goosebumps, Raul. I, I love that explanation. Wow. Okay, I got a lot out of this today. Thank you so much for coming on and for bearing your heart and your soul. And shout out to all the therapists out there on that personal growth mindset, right? Like it really is just a better way to live. It definitely is. And it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. But it is kind of doing the uncomfortable thing so 
you can profit in ways that you should in your life and not putting other people's happiness or comfort ahead of yourself or your family. Here, here, Raul. Kyle, I love that so much. Well, thank you so, so much again. I really appreciate you being on today. Prepare yourself because I will ask you again. To the listeners at home, if you have any questions or things that you wanted to ask Raul, feel free to send us an email at podcast at profitfirstforlawyers.com. Thanks again, Raul. Thank you for having me. And that's all we've got for you today, folks. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Profit First for Lawyers. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. And buy your copy of the book at ProfitFirstForLawyers.com. Your future self will thank you for it. And we will see you next time.